Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to a new podcast of the Double OT. With me, as always, every week is Mr. Paul Barry. You can follow him at PBizzle on Twitter. I'm at Tim Gardner 2 ot on there. And welcome, everybody, for listening in. Paul, how are you? I'm good. I, I just ate a banana, so I'm even better. Hey, you know, that's uh, that's progress, man. That's good stuff. Uh, how's everything going with the Paul Project? It is, uh, it's going, I uh, had a little, uh, little setback. My, uh, waterproof iPod, uh, broke, stopped working. So, uh, oh. it's, uh, it just went from really good hour and a half rocking out to, uh, back to the stone ages of an hour and a half of complete boring swimming with nothing to hear except your thoughts. It's, it's really, bo- I'll tell you right now, swimming for an hour almost every day, you know, just with your thoughts is pretty crazy. It's it's like you get it gets old real quick. So I'm assuming that uh, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera playlist that you have on there is uh, pretty intimate to you. Am I right? Uh, actually, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not lying here. There's a couple of uh, of each on there. A uh, little Christina and a uh, little Britney. I'll tell you who I do also have is Taylor Swift. You probably don't think I have that, but I have Taylor Swift on my iPod. I rock with Taylor Swift too. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with any of them. I, I, I just think that uh, it's nice to. I'll tell you what. I, I, you know, I even have a couple of sync songs on my playlist. Like oh, way down the wait a minute. Work, so. Nope. Now you've you've gone over the edge. Now <laughs> you've fully left the building. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But still, <laughs> at least I have the balls to admit that I do have a couple of sync songs on there. Um. Anyways, welcome everybody to the show tonight. We got an hour show. Uh, the World Series is on right now. It is a one-one tie, in a very thrilling and gripping ball game right now. Um, I personally am going for the Cubs tonight. I hope that uh, they win because I, I grew up watching WGN and just a fan of the whole, you know, the Bartman thing and just you know everything that the Cubs have gone through. It'd just be nice to kind of see. Uh, them break this long curse just like the Red Sox did about ten years ago. Uh, Paul, who, who are you picking tonight? Who are you rooting for? I'm I'm rooting for the Cubs. Fully, uh, I have nothing good to say about Cleveland in general. I I don't know. I just I guess I'm one of those guys that just thinks it's kind of a, a cesspool of America, unfortunately. And it, it used to be a proud city, and now it's just uh, it's dead to the world. But I am fully going for the Cubbies. Love Chicago, one of my favorite cities. I got many, 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 many good friends that uh, are uh, residents of the of the Windy City, and fully going for their Cubs tonight. And uh, I'm supporting them. So uh, go Cubbies. I apologize. There was some guy who thought he was a, a awesome badass. I was driving up the dry, the uh, the hill, and uh, yeah, he's driving not a fast and furious car. Anyways, uh, was it, was it um, whistling tips? Were it whistling tips? Well, there there was a little, like bar flaps, or there was like mud flaps in the back that had like silver like uh, flames on the back, and I believe it was a Ford Bronco OJ, OJ style. So, oh, I whoa, think, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I think that um, whoever does it is listening to Ario Speedwagon as we uh, talk right now on this podcast. So, <laughs> and uh, not that Ario Speedwagon is bad, but. 
those type of guys wear, wear the the acid wash jeans jacket and listen to REO Speedwagon wear the wear the gloves that pretty much have the tips off the leather gloves while they're driving on the steering wheel and uh yeah you know they're sweet they've got their own little like thing going anyways um so i'm assuming the audience wants to listen to sports not me talk about REO Speedwagon and other things well, uh, just quick reaction about last Sunday's game against uh, New Orleans, <clears throat> and I'll give you a brief just uh, kind of reaction, a quick reaction on my part. And, Paul, I can't wait to hear yours. Um, <clears throat> frustrating. And, you know, I, I, I've been listening to some talk shows this week. Uh, I, I kind of have been really staving off listening to Seattle radio, um, especially sports, uh, just because they say the same shit. And, um, listening to Mike Salk is just starting to get painful for me. So when I when listening to that sh- morning show is just like where it used to be a really good show. I cannot listen to it now just because they say the same shit over and over and over every day and they dissect the Seahawks too much. It's making me so damn boring of my team. I, I just, I, I cannot, I don't know. I, this is probably my rant. Anyways, moving forward, yeah. the game, the game itself um, was, um, it was other than that uh, Tanner McAvoy pass. Good lord, that offense looked like shit. And uh, you know, I know it's a family show, but I said shit three times, four times now. So allow me to just keep going if I have to. It was awful. It was it was a display of just it was watching that game made me just think like, okay, the lack of protection on the offensive line, Russell Wilson being hurt, the defense playing its ass off another week. This is seriously becoming your 2016 Seahawks. Same old story, same shit, same same results. And fortunately, they didn't do anything in the trade deadline. So, I mean, I just, for me, it just, it bothers me because they lost to an inferior opponent against, you know, New Orleans. And, and just my reaction is, is it's just the same shit, you know, same results. There you go. Yeah, I think frustration is is a good way of saying it. I, I think bummer is another. Um, I think the 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 it, it did not feel like it was as penalty ridden as the previous game. Uh, the the tie that that stellar six six tie with the Cardinals, uh, but it, yeah. it just it just felt like opportunities wasted. Opportunities wasted. I, I never understood why they did not work to continually get the running game going. I mean, I'm, I'm looking right now again at the numbers and I'm like, what in God's green earth were we doing? Christine Michael had, you know, 10 carries for 40 yards. He's averaging four yards a carry. Why were we throw? why were we working so hard to throw the ball and uh, early and often and almost the entire game until maybe the second half, which, you know, then we had one drive where Christine Michael just walked right down the field, you know, I mean, it was just, it just seemed to me like they they did not stick with the, what they are. They did not stick with their identity. Um, I think George Fant did not do uh, as poor a job as we probably thought he would. But that obviously tells you a lot about the New Orleans Saints. That is not some stellar defensive team there. But, I mean, it's just, again, the offense obviously has the tools and talent there. We know they can do it. It's just they are simply not in sync at all. It's it's now a few weeks of them not being in sync, and uh, it's frust- it is, and it's totally frustrating. And the bummer part is is you lose a game. Now we got we got a nice little uh, little little uh, high five daps out the door because the Vikings went ahead and uh, uh, you know crapped the bed versus the Bears and uh, and everyone else uh, you know lost. So it doesn't really hurt us, <laughs> but it sucks yeah. that uh, we didn't we didn't get the win. Yeah, you know, I agree. You know, maybe I'm a little pessimistic, and part of my vulgarity starting off the show, I just it's the same thing, you know, I, that we watched. And you mentioned penalties. There were some very hurtful and costly penalties on the Seahawks, but then there was also some non-existent penalties that that were also uh, that weren't called. Um, you know, it's, it's it's we talk about this every year. It just seems to me that the NFL's biggest problem, besides um, its own policing of itself is the the officials. They just, I mean, I'll tell you, man. I mean, 
when you and a, when when you just I mean it was Ed Hockley's crew. They're one of the best crews in all of the National Football League. And good lord, they were awful. They were just absolutely terrible. And look, you know, a good team can overcome bad officiating. I, that's what I believe. A good team can do that. I'm not saying Seattle's a bad team right now. They've got a nice two game cushion. Uh, in their division, and it uh, looks like they're going to be going to the playoffs, barring a real major collapse. Problem is, you really got to get your ass on 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 track on offense. Another thing I will say is, again, I hope Carol and and, and company are they're contacting New York right now in regards to just these just poor officiating calls because good lord, it's been atrocious the past couple of weeks, Paul. It, it, you know, it's it's not just our our team obviously being affected. It's it's everyone's team. I got to tell you, it is it is horrible. The 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 NFL in general is just freaking horrible right now with with the way that yeah. the games are being called. And and I I really I hate to say this, but I think it's a byproduct of uh, replay. I think replay ha- the system itself has made it so that you have refs that are essentially they're afraid. They're like, well, I'm afraid to make a call because I don't want to look like an idiot. And the, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what I think uh, because the, the the camera is going to change it anyways. No, or they're or they're going to tell us what the right call is. The problem is is that you have uh, officials being really lazy on their te- on their job on their on their craft. I mean this this was uh, this. I mean and it, and it just goes to all sports. I mean especially baseball because it's a game of so many. So many, uh, you know, very instantaneous type thing uh, moments where where, uh, where where calls have to be objective calls have to be made, and and what replay does is it basically it bails out the umps and they say I don't have to work as hard at what I do and it takes work to be a very good umpire and or referee at anything and and it used to be I, and we used to bitch and moan about it all but honestly honestly in your opinion do you see do you see more or less, you know, pass interferences called now versus yesterday? Now, replay has nothing to do with that, but I think it has to do with the officiating and their in a their their focus on on what's really going on. They're they're just not maybe focusing as much. I, it used to be like it always got called when it was supposed to get called back in the day. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> offensive offsides, whatever. It just seems like officials in the NFL are just not even. They're 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 forty. They're a half of what they used to be in their skill set. I really mean that, and and I think it's yeah. replay. Unfortunately, that's that's created this animal. Well, yeah, replay, and also the fact that they work part time. So they, it's not a year round venture where they they you know they have jobs in the off season as we talked about in past years, Paul, about uh, you know how they operate. And for me personally, I mean. I think the NFL should really put a, you know, institute a fact that these guys should have year-round jobs being, you know, officials because you can grade these these tier crews that they have and the the best gift that they get every year for the best crews that they get to officiate the Super Bowl. Now, that's a pretty cool thing because you get a lot of perks, you get you know bonuses and and whatnot. But problem is though is that again, I mean, a crew like Ed Hockley's crew is known as is probably the best in the NFL. Again, you just saw those atrocious calls that they had on Sunday. And again, I'm not saying the Seahawks would have won that game anyways, just because of that, but it would have helped. Um, but when it comes to NFL officiating, just in general, I mean, I, I, you're, I, I, I find it a mixed bag. I mean, I'm, I find that they're calling a lot more uh, offensive pass interferences as of late. And it's just not on the Seahawks. You know, you see a lot of other teams. I mean, Odell Beckham leads the league right now in offensive pass interference penalties right now. You know, and, and he plays aggressive, and I get that. But there's just a lot of a lot of calls that, that, that are on offensive pass interference versus defensive pass interference, where back in the day you, you could be able to push off just barely and not have it called. But now that same particular type of call is going to be called. And – so, look, I, I, I don't know. I know that replay for me actually does help the sport to a certain, certain point. I think I, John Lynch brought this up, like, I want to say about a month ago. He, he thinks that they should do replay for, like, pass interference plays. And I, 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 I signed up for that years ago, Paul. You know about that. that. That's one thing I've been a big fan of. If they could get into that and just take a look if it was pass interference or not. But if you do that, you're going to prolong the game, and I get that. So, I don't know. I mean, 
I don't want to talk about the officials too much because we, we have such a short show, but I'll let you close in on your opinion on that. Yeah, I, I, there were two, at least two calls I, I saw missed where they didn't have this newfound interference to the pick play, right? And there was two against the, uh, the, the Saints that weren't called that were huge plays. And, and, and mm. you're right. It just it seems like there's, there's, it's inconsistent, completely inconsistent. You have no idea when they're going to call something or not call something. I mean, I saw multiple holds on the Saints that weren't called where guys literally got tackled. Got tackled. Okay? I mean, that's a hold. Uh, so, look, it's just – and I'm not – and, again, I'm with you. I'm not going to blame the gloss on that. That, to me, wasn't the reason we lost this game. The reason we lost this game is our offense looked pathetic. Um, but it, it goes to a, 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 a real fundamental issue with the NFL, and that's, you know – Again, I watch every single game. I'm not one of those guys that's not watching. But, you know, they're having issues with ratings. The games, it seems like, suck more and more. And, and there you go. So, uh, it's their own fault. They got to get it figured out. And uh, we'll, uh, you and I will continue to watch and, and hopefully watch our Seahawks get a little better. Yeah, you know, I think I think as the year goes on, they are obviously a second-half team. That's Captain Obvious. I mean, they, they usually are that. But one last little thing I just want to mention about that, that last <clears> – <throat> play where basically um, I can't remember his name but anyways he ran out of bounds and they didn't stop the clock and I know that they ruled it forward progress but I mean come on now that, that's just like dissecting the catch rule to a certain extent I mean at that with with me kind of goes down with that Des Bryant catch where he caught it yes. two steps you know it's it's just BS man I, I, I forward progress I think is just one of the biggest crapple of you know schemes that they have and that they call in the NFL. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. So um, I think you brought up something really, really good. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and counter my point on that. But uh, you brought up something good just a bit second ago. I want to go ahead and talk about. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You're all good. I agree with you wholeheartedly on everything you said. Well, I just want to talk real quick about like specifically these games that they're scheduling and for Thursday night football to have the Titans and the freaking Jags. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, you're trying to make more viewers join. I mean, they had the lowest ratings, I think, in, in probably, what was it, three years uh, last Thursday just by the, the product of, of what was playing. And, I mean, we're talking about ties this year. We're talking about just really boring games. And you mentioned that the NFL is doing it to themselves. I mean, they've done it to themselves. And Mark Cuban actually prophetically um, said a couple years ago that it's possible that other sports could catch up to it. And if it, it really right now where the NFL is going, I don't see any reason why it's not. I know it's a real popular sport, most popular sport in America, but good Lord, what they're doing right now and actually evolving the, the sport. I, I, it's not like there's a talent dilution on, on in the league at all, but I mean, these matchups that they're scheduling, they're just crappy, man. It, it's, uh, you know, Sunday night, they they schedule it seems like the same five teams right it's going to be the cowboys the giants uh it's going to be the patriots uh probably more than likely the the bears or the cardinals um and uh there's someone else they'll throw in there the 49ers they used to they used to love the 49ers right well the seahawks maybe get one or two of those games a year now even though you know we did i think we got five primetime games this year but we'll lose We'll probably lose one on the back end, right, with the flex schedule of Sunday night. The point is yeah. that I, in my firm opinion, I think other than the first week of the season, I think every single one of those games should be flexed, okay? And I know that's mm-hmm. probably hard for Monday night purposes, but the, the, the way that, I mean, the, those, those primetime games where it's just that one game for the league, they need to know that we all want to watch the game, Okay. But we're going to stop watching the game when it just is a complete, you know, crap show or it's it's nothing. It's not entertaining, meaning the teams suck. And and look, the two teams and I again, I really actually think a lot of what the Titans are doing this year. I think they have a young nucleus that's going to be very good going forward. I think they're leading the league in sacks. There's a lot of plot positives going on there. The Jags, unfortunately, and Gus Bradley, huge step backwards, I think, than what we expected probably this year. Um, and, and who's to blame? I don't know. I'm not, that's not what this is about. We don't, we don't, we don't analyze those other teams. But what I am saying is, is that 
they need to know that that is the last game they need to, to schedule for a Thursday night before the season starts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody wants to watch it. I'm sorry. Nobody right. other than true believers want to watch that game. And there are a ton of games, ton of games to, to schedule in front of that. So, you know, uh, I also know that we, and for those that don't and are aware of this, this is important to know that CBS and, and Fox get right of refusal for each of these games, meaning they want to covet these big, big league, you know, matchups and the NFL, because of their contract, has set it up where they get to basically keep those games to them. And then the, the Sunday night flex when they're able to do that. And then obviously Thursday night and so forth, they, they, they give those, the crap games get scheduled there because that those are the games that the, the major networks don't want to even show. So yeah, right. it, the NFL, it, Hey, you're not going to change it in this contract, but the contract that I think they just signed it actually. So I, I, maybe it's never going to get changed for you know eight years. I don't know. But the point is, is that, it is really, really bad, and uh, and 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 probably going to bring down the NFL with some segment of the demographics. But you know, you and I will still continue to watch. So there you go. We will, um, you know. And here's my thing: is you're absolutely right. I mean, flexing after week one is a good thing, but you're also wasting the talents. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this right now it, of, of Jim Nance and Phil Sims on Thursdays. I mean, good lord! I mean, when there's a bad game and you hear you know, Phil Sims talk, you literally yeah. just want to bang your head on the damn wall. I mean, it's just like, he's trying to come up with these analogies where he's, you know, trying to keep everybody entertained, but good Lord. But I got a lot of respect for Jim Nance. I mean, Jim Nance is a great, great announcer. And in games like that, you could just tell in his voice, he's like, why are we doing this game? Why in the world are we doing this game? And, you know, I mean, I didn't check out that game the other night and, rightfully so. I just have no vested interest in either team, dude. I just don't. And, you know, it's one of those things where if it was a key matchup, let's say like the, the Bills versus the Patriots on Thursday night, I would have watched the game because the Bills are a yeah. team. That's going to be – I mean, that would have been a really good game to watch. Um, but when you throw garbage at me like freaking Tennessee versus Jacksonville – I mean, I'm not going to watch that. I mean, that division is probably the worst division I think I can think of of hosting primetime games. Am I right or am I wrong? It's horrid. I mean, the other two teams are obviously the Saints and the and the Carolina. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What am I talking about? AFC. We're talking no, no, no. Colts and uh, we're AFC talking South. Colts. Yeah, AFC South. You're talking Colts and uh, <clears throat> and what? Houston. Yeah, Houston. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the worst division. No, I mean. Nobody outside of Indianapolis or Houston wants to watch any of those games. And I mean, I only said those two teams because nobody in Tennessee and nobody in Jacksonville even wants to watch their own team. (laughs) Yeah. So it's only two markets that watch those games pretty much. And I mean, again, I mean, they have power to flex these type of games. I think a Thursday night thing should be special. I think Sunday night should be special. Monday night has lost its luster, Paul. I mean, this new announcer that took Mike Tirico's place, good Lord, he's awful. He's just terrible. And him talking with Gruden, I I just, I I mean, I think it's bad. It's bad chemistry. And then you also look at just the byproduct of what ESPN's bringing out. Not a whole lot of people want to watch what's going on Monday night football anymore. Remember when it used to be the, the marquee event every week? Now oh, Monday yeah. night football is just eh, it's just like whatever, dude. I mean, nobody wants to watch. It just, I mean, they've had some just bad games too. Like they scheduled the Forty ers they scheduled the Bears, they scheduled the Jets. Just the stinkers of of teams in this league. I mean, they've they've scheduled on Monday night. And good lord, I mean, I, I I commend ESPN for for promoting it the way they do. But good lord, man, just it's lost the luster since Tariqa left. I, I, you know, since we're talking about this, I think, it, I mean, I really have a lot of thoughts on uh, the way ESPN covers a lot of things. And I think they have trying to make everything entertaining instead of just letting the product speak for itself. Uh, it, 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 it is it has become unbearable for me. I, I can no longer watch any pregame show by ESPN. I can't I can't watch it because right. they're tr- it's like they're forcing trying to be funny. They're, they're, I mean, there's only really one, in my opinion, there's only two people with any, any skill that are on in the ESPN as either 
sports center anchors and or announcers. And, and I would say uh, Gruden, actually a third, he's a, he's an analyst, but I'll say him a third, but I would say Kenny Maine and, uh, and Scott Van Pelt. And that's it. I mean, that's it. The rest of those guys are, are unbearable. I cannot even listen to them talk. I can't watch SportsCenter. But, but, you know, since we're talking really here and focusing on the, uh, you know, the, the Monday Night Football situation, I can't watch the pregame. I mean, I, and God bless Susie Cole. I think Susie is actually better than anyone else on the freaking show, on the panel. Susie, Susie is the only one I can watch. Susie Colbert. Kiss, by the way, kissing, kissing, kissing Susie Colbert. One of the great uh, Joe Namath situations, by the way. Check it out on YouTube. It's hilarious. But, um, you know, she's the only one with, with, with that's any, it's worth listening to. I think she actually knows what she's talking about. The other guys that played in the league are just unbearable. Okay. And that goes for Matt Hasselbeck as well. I hate saying that. Um, and then, and then when you talk about the game itself, yeah, it's, it's, it's look, I didn't even like Tariko really. I hate saying that too. I mean, I just, I didn't like, I mean, Tariko now they got Tariko basically wasting time at NBC uh, while Bob Costas, you know, who's never going to retire because he still looks like he's 35 um, is going to play, you know, do his thing forever. And so Tariko is going to be second fiddle there. And, you know, he, he wants to take over the Olympics and take over, you know, Notre Dame football, whatever. He ain't going to do it for how, how many years. So he's going to get wasted. Uh, and, and honestly, it just, the, the, all of these sports networks and so forth, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a demographic. They're trying to, to you know, all these major mega, mega, uh, uh, you know, conglomerates are trying to get their hands into and fingers into for every little dime and penny, uh, which I don't have an issue with, but the problem is, is they're making the product unbearable because none of these yeah. guys are funny. None of them are good. I, I mean, honestly, they're not even good at what they do. And it, uh, it's, you know, here it is. It's try to put a guy who thinks he's funny on with a hot chick. That's essentially what the, what the formula is now. And it, uh, it sucks. It's freaking horrible. Yeah, it's bad. And as much as I hated Chris Carter, I thought he was actually a pretty good addition to the Monday night football crew and the Sunday football crew. Um, you know, he was somebody just a little bit different. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, like the listeners tonight and on the podcast, they're going to think that, you know, I'm negative Nelly this week. I'm not negative Nelly. I think since I've been sober, I've kind of see things in a different perspective. So, um, you know, back in the day when I used to drink on the podcast, that it would be a lot of fun, but I wouldn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Still don't make a whole lot of sense, but I think I, I, I kind of get things a little bit more. Anyways, not for me. I want to talk real quick, Paul. And one thing that really has stirred my, my girt this whole week, and, and I guess I did say stir my girt, um, <laughs> Mike Salk. And I'm, you know, and oh, I started the show yes. off talking about him. Can't and wait for this. I absolutely cannot stand that man. And for one reason why. Well, actually, I'll, I'll name a couple of reasons why. Well, f- for one, as you mentioned, he broke up the barbershop. Two, um, he took off, you know, um, <clears throat> Michael Gray, who I thought was fantastic. He also broke up Justin and G, which, you know, that show wasn't that great. But, you know, I thought Justin Myers had some pretty good perspective. But now, to really kind of just stick the the – the shank and on the side of me a little bit more and turning it over and over. He is so pro key arena. It's just <laughs> making me sick. It's just absolutely making me sick to a point where he's trying to sell the audience and they know a lot better than what the hell he's talking about. Um, I mean, even Brock Heward this week was just like, kind of saw your role on that. And I remember listening to yesterday's interview with mayor Ed, Ed Murray on that show. And Mike Salk had made a comment about basically uh, something in regards to like Key Arena um, going forward, you, you know, and, and and how Mayor Murray supports that. Well, Mayor Murray actually interrupted him and said, well, no, don't go that far. I didn't say that. So it's it's just like he's putting words in people's mouths. He's also trying to sell us a bag of goods that's a bag of shit. And <laughs> for me, that I really liked him in the first – I liked him before he left – to go to Boston, but now that he's here permanently, he annoys the shit out of me, Paul. This is what happens when you have the uh, uh, the station manager or station whatever you know, uh, a sta- station producer or whatever the hell you want to call him now, uh, content manager, 
with uh, also on the air because you know what he is? He's a shill for the people that, you know, they represent, meaning, you know, they have the contract with the Seahawks. They have a contract with the Mariners. They got the, you know, the, the Cougs and so forth and so on. So what you're going to hear is nothing but whatever those people want to tell you to say. And he's just a shill, especially, you know, Brock, at least you can sense that he has his own, he's, he's able to say his own opinion. It's probably in his contract, right? That he, he can say whatever he wants to say, but Salk, no, he'll, he'll, he'll tow, he'll tow the, the company line, which in the case of 710 ESPN, uh, who I have a number of folks there that I think uh, I, you know, obviously we're, we're buddies, <laughs> you know, whether it's uh, Dave, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Jim Moore or, or Taylor Jacobs. I mean, these are guys that we, we talk on Twitter all the time, but I, I just can't cross the line when it comes to this type of stuff. I, I just have more principles and it is far and away clear that Mike Salk has none. And, and you know what? So even more clear, it makes it even more apparent. And we talked about this, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, is he's not a Seahawks fan. He isn't a Mariners fan. He ain't a Sonics fan. He will never be any of those things. All you hear from him about those is absolute BS. And I, if you, if, please call us right now and tell me I'm wrong. Please call us and tell me I'm wrong. You know why? Because he grew up in Boston. He's a kid from Boston. He grew up there. If you grow up in those cities, you're nothing but Patriots, Red Sox, and, and, and Celtics. And you know what? It, it runs deep in your bones. And you know what? That's a good thing. I'd have more respect for him if he acted that way. But I have zero respect for somebody that doesn't even say the truth. That's why you have no idea what's coming out of him is what he actually believes. And, and this whole thing right. with the key arena thing. I, I, I actually, he, he, he wrote to, last week, he sent out a tweet. Uh, it was like in the evening. And he said, hey, tomorrow, listen, because I'm going to give you my, uh, my, my two cents on this Key Arena thing. And I just said, responded like, let me guess, it's pro Key Arena. I didn't even have to listen. And you know what it was? Pro Key Arena. And you know what? Yeah. No one here, no one here, you and I, I think we can agree on this. Honestly, I, let's just take a step back, emotions down, all that stuff, right? I don't think we have an issue with Key Arena, per se. In fact, I've always liked that area. I, I think it's a wonderful little area. And I, you know what? I would love for an awesome building to be built there, arena that could, that could take care of everything. The problem, though, is not the location as much with, the, with a facility putting it there. It's the traffic. It's, there's, there's, only, there's limited space. There is no more space, you know, and there's no parking. So how do you, do you, do you tear down half the city there to, to recreate it? Well, how much money do we got to spend? Because the last time I checked, you know, the coffers are full. The, the city, the city council is 25 million short on this uh, Landers overpass BS that they're dealing with the port on. And, you know, Chris Hansen's even said, I'll pay the money. I'll pay it. I'll pay the 25 million just to take care, take care of this. Right. Well, guess what right. folks? The reason this doesn't work at the end of the day and Key Arena is not a viable option and they've done study after study after study on this is because the infrastructure the tra- for traffic is not there and it isn't going to be there for 100 years. So, Mike Salk, you are, you are a shill. You are a shill, which is as low as it comes when it comes to media, propaganda, and being a public figure. And it's, it's, that's, that's a fact, man. Sorry. Well, and also, here, here's another thing. He wasn't here in Seattle when the Sonics left. He were also wasn't – he basically didn't grow up as, as a Sonics fan. So, you know, any involvement that or emotions that he has – and you're right, you know, he, he grew up a Celtics fan. thing is, is that when they left, you know, he never felt any of that pain or, you know, even some of the guys that, that, that just got in town when – when the Sonics left, I mean, like they, they, you know, it was a painful thing because they helped cover that team as well. So, I mean, when, <clears throat> when they left, he doesn't know anything about it. So whenever they, they talk about, you know, Chris Hansen doing anything, he always says no news because he just doesn't understand for us. It's huge news. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I, yes. And, and, and I think that that particular bias <clears throat> is why I think you and I have such a disdain towards him m- more just like a lot of the, the rest of the fans, I mean, I'm sure Softy is not a fan of Mike Salks at all. I, I don't even have to ask him to to, uh, to know that. But 
anyways, my point is is that <clears throat> regarding this whole situation regarding the re, the, the arena and, and everything that's going on, yes, you're right about traffic. You're you know the thing I have raised a question about these quote unquote groups, especially the one led by the LiWiki group uh, AEG, um, the one that that Mike Salk is just tooting the horn about. I mean, so what are they going to do to require public taxpayers to pay for this? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, they're not going to go ahead and privately invest into this particular arena. Maybe they might. I have, I mean, maybe I'm absolutely wrong, you know, wrong about this whole situation. But, you know, I think it has to – there has to be a catch there when it comes to that p- p- whole thing. And as we know right now, there's no proposal. It's just rumor. And, yeah. and Mike Salk is actually milking this whole thing right now about the AEG group, which we've heard nothing about. And Mayor Murray declined comment regarding that. So when it comes to these groups that are, like, interested in, quote, unquote, renovating T Arena, they, they could do the same test that, you know, that people see right up there at the Seattle Center and see exactly what traffic problems they are, what kind of a nightmare it's going to be to rebuild the thing. There's just so many negatives in it. And, yes, I would love to see that place be – because it is a public asset. I mean, it's just, it, it's an asset that yeah. it's been there for years. But my problem is, is that there's just too many negatives in regards to this, where on the flip side, you look at the Hanson group, they are going to take care of the Landers overpass. I, I don't hear anything from AEG or the other group talking about covering the Landers overpass to help out the port or the city of Seattle. And another thing, when you privately finance a Soto arena that's down there, and it can only grow for jobs, all this type of stuff that we're talking about in the past, new shopping centers, you name it up their restaurants. It's a win-win situation. So back to these quote-unquote groups that, that Salk is talking about, it's, it's mere speculation at this point right now. And for me, even if they were interested in, what are they going to ask for the taxpayers in the city of Seattle? Bingo. And, and uh, you know, again, no plan in place, nothing public knowledge. This, they're essentially starting at, at first base. Right. And it took mm-hmm. Chris Hansen. It has taken Chris Hansen how long? Three, four years to get to this point where he's already purchased the land, done all the work, done all the studies. They've done all the studies, people, on both sides with, with you know, bipartisan, you know, people. And it's not like people are paying someone, you do it and tell us it's a, give us a grade A, you know, an A grade. No, it's totally off the books by, by bipartisan folk doing the work and it's all clear as day it's clear as freaking day that the the only viable option and i mean this is common freaking sense and that's what's so crazy that we you know and i you and i know it's common sense brock heward knows it's common sense for god's sakes and he's sitting there looking at his station manager going shill and he can't even say it on air you're a freaking shill for the mariners you know and and that also is so just it just it just it, you know, you use that word stirs my girt. It, you know, I'm going to use it right now. Great line, by the way. Stir it stirs nice. my girt. It stirs my girt that the Mariners are against it publicly. The port is, uh, you know, the port is the port. And by the way, I said it before, a public entity, you know, run by a elected official by the people, hardworking to with the city council again, publicly elected officials by the people working to destroy a community asset that every, no, I'm not going to say everyone wants, but a community asset that there is no reason to say no. Okay. And they are working hard to destroy that. And if, if that is not a, a, a diametrically opposed um, uh, scenario, I don't know what is. And you know what? I'm just, it, it, it makes me furious. As you know, it makes me furious. And, you know what this was? And it came out, remember, it came out, this whole key arena thing comes out the day after Chris Hansen says, there's no reason to say no. I'll pay for everything. Fully privately funded. The next day, right. oh, well, look what we got here. You know what? This was the only thing they had left in their quiver, the council, and, they, and it's all made up. It's all, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe they said, hey, call us, AEG, give us a call tomorrow and say you're interested. We don't have to do anything, but just say you're interested. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, there's nothing on paper. There's nothing planned. There's nothing even being looked into. It's speculation, speculation. And, it's, and that is from the people that are making the decisions. That's from, that's from 
Mayor Jack. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ed Murray. I'm sorry. I, I said something I shouldn't have said. But you know what? You you guys are a cl- bunch of clowns. All right, you're a bunch of clowns, and everyone knows you're a clown. So get your bags packed because you're not gonna have jobs here real soon. Okay, I'm just, I just it is furious. It makes me infuriated to to even talk about this because they're all a bunch of jacks. Well, yeah, <clears throat> but I do think you know on on the flip side, I I will say. I do honestly believe that one of them, one of the council members is going to flip their vote. <clears throat> I just think that this deal is too good to pass up. I think when they look at it down the road, they are going to fight the port, and I get that. But I think, again, if you can take care of the Landers overpass, I think that, that right there was like the, the clincher. And I think Hanson had that in his back pocket going, okay, if I present this, what are they going to do to counter it? And, and like you mentioned, there's just nothing there to counter it. So I think when they really <clears> – <throat> me, Traffic. No, no. The, the, what's the, the construction? What's it going to do to traffic? That's that's what they're saying now. I mean, dude, seriously, seriously. There's traffic. There's construction being done in every corner in Seattle every second of the day. Okay. Yeah. For God's sakes. Well, yeah. It just I'm, see, that's what I'm confused about because you know, like you mentioned, your buddy Aaron Levine posted something on on Q13 about the the, the traffic scenario over there in Occidental. Dude, I mean, like, what was there? Two trucks that drove by, like, within a what, a two to four hour time span? Six, Is that, am I right hours. about that? Six hours. Jeez. Six hours. Jeez. Two trucks. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Weeds. I mean, weeds I just... growing out on the roofs of buildings. There's like, there's like three foot tall grass weeds, basically meaning there's like a, a, a yard. There's a yard on top of the roof because nobody even maintains the buildings. It's just, it's just junk. It's all junk down there. Crap. Yeah, not to mention that the homeless population must be, you know, they're over in that particular area too. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, in my humble opinion, I think honestly that, <clears throat> you know, if it was me because I'm a Seattle sports fan, I'd say, yeah, it's a no-brainer with Hanson. But then again, you know, you're dealing with that type of council that, you know, again, you could, I, I, and let, let me quote you on this. I believe you called them communists. Is that what you called them? Well, I'm not going to say all of them are communists, but for a fact, two are absolutely a fact. Two are communists. That's a fact. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. And I just tuned into my, my uh, laptop right now and the Cubs are at four to one. Wow. And five, five, one, five, one, just scored a run, one. dude. Oh yeah. Well, Just, my, uh, uh, well, thanks for actually spoiling this for me because my <laughs> laptop's about, I would say, two minutes behind normal live coverage. So I'm sorry, I won't say anything. Jeez, wow. Anyways, David, you'll know it's well, coming. You know it's coming. You're like even you're happier. You're more excited. That's what it makes it even more fun for you. I'm more prepared. Yes, I'm more prepared for the excitement <laughs> that you know. Thanks. Yeah. I have a friend of mine who I was talking to on the phone. I, I believe it was against Arizona, and she was watching, and she basically was just talking to me on the phone, and she's like, oh, oh, she's giving all these responses, you know, and I'm just like, please don't do this because I'm like two or three minutes behind you right now. <laughs> so she had to literally like slow down, to, and like it, and she's like, when's the layover? I'm like, it's still going on right now. Come on now, stop it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. But uh, I, I get it. I get it. No more comments about the game. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's just looking really good for the Cubs right now. Looks like they're going to get their first World Series victory. And wow, dude, we're talking. Uh, what? How long has it been, dude? Like 108 years. It's just it was 1908. I, 1908. 108 years. Wow. Oh, that that ball was almost gone. So yeah. Anyways, so basically they're going to. This is just crazy. I can't wait to watch the end of this just to see exactly what the fans and me. I'll be happy too because Paul, I knew you. You grew up watching WGN too as well, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I I I, I grew up in Oklahoma and they had WGN back in those days too. Anyways, yeah, I hear you, bro. Harry Carey. Anyway, hey, who who is hey? Let's just, let's just talk about this World Series game for a second. Do you think that Chicago? I mean, I I know Chicago. I know many many folks. I've partied there. You know, whether it's at games, I've been to Wrigley multiple times. You know, been to Soldier Field. I can tell you right now, they are going to burn many portions of Wrigleyville to the ground tonight. I'm telling you right now. And and here's the here's the shocker. 
it is going to be a bunch of you know like, like how do I say this like just out of school uh, college kids that are doing this massive craziness. It's going to be that is that's the funny part about that area is it's like all uh, for the most part like just out of college kids and and then some families mixed in but yeah you're going to see some guys just, they're going to be just burning down buildings just massively crazy loaded drunk out of your mind it's they are going to have a blast there tonight so let me ask you this what happens with steve bartman i mean what do you do with him now because <clears throat> obviously it was just a crappy thing that what, what happened with him and i felt so bad for him and if you guys want to watch the documentary about Steve Barton oh, on Netflix, yeah. it's, it's on there. It's, it's very heartbreaking. Um, what happens? I mean, what, what do you? What, I mean, do they celebrate him? What, what do they do? I mean, you're a Cubs fan. You got to feel like shit about that. I mean, poor guy. I mean, you ruined his life. I, I remember when it happened. I remember watching it live, and and uh, uh, you know the, the the documentary you're referring to is just amazing because it goes into everything that took place from how they got him out of the building, you know, out of, out of Wrigley and, and that him being at that girl's that, you know, the co the worker, that person that worked there at her, her house, like, you know, late night until the, the morning. I mean, that was crazy. Like, you know, and I know those people there. these are, okay, look, Bears fan, oh, Chicago fans. So here's a, here's a nutshell. This is how, to help them explain this to people. Cause they really, a lot of people aren't going to get it, especially in the Northwest. They are, it's in their blood to cheer for these teams. Right. And, and here's mm -hmm. an example. You'll be on, if you, if you, you know, you watch a bears game and if you're in Chicago, listen to their sports radio after a game ends. And let's say that they're, let's say they're four and eight on the year. Okay. They got a crap team, four and eight, not going anywhere. And let's say they win a close game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? The, like one of the worst teams at that time in the league. And you'll hear guys call in and say, hey, really, you know what? I think this team's going all the way. I think we got it all put together now. And it's, it's, we got a Super Bowl. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, in fact, I think we should fire the current coach because I think we'd even be better with Ditka. I think we should bring him back. And uh, if, if we could find him, uh, get him back. Because I'll tell you what, I just ate there at his restaurant last night. And I'll tell you what, that is some fantastic meat they got served there. I'll tell you right now, go eat there. And, and also, I'm telling you, folks, this is the truth. This team's going to the Super Bowl. I mean, this is the kind of way they talk there. I mean, and it's and it's every other person. I mean, there's no, they're crazy. They're nuts. And it's just they're they're drunk on their own teams. And that's you know what? Part of me loves that, right? You know, we try to be completely uh, open about our 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 beliefs and our our our, our you know fandom and so forth, and, and at least try to call it with some realism, in it, right? They don't see that right. at all there. So they're just in the no, bag, no. completely in the bag. So look, this is the fact of the matter. They are going to burn the city to the ground, okay? Because that's half of them, the dumb guys that say they could win the Super Bowl still, those are the same people that are going to be lighting torches on fire like it's you know the Middle Ages and trying to run around and, and with their shirts off, and it's probably 25 degrees out right now. It's just this is who they are, and it's hilarious, and at the same time, it's completely dangerous. Yeah, it really is, and I, I just I, – it's going to be the most intriguing ending I think I've ever seen to a sporting matchup just because of how it's going to – people are going to I – don't, I don't know. I think Bill Murray might die tonight. I have no idea. I just That's how crazy it's going to be tonight. But, He'll probably be yeah, leading no. people down the street. That's the thing. It'll probably be Bill Murray leading the, the charge. I, I could see this. Yeah, I could see that too. Him or Vince Vaughn, those guys are like <laughs> Mr. Cub, I swear. It's crazy, but um, yeah. Anyways, let's go ahead and give a brief um, preview of this game on on, on uh, Monday night. Uh, tough team, and um, I, I think Buffalo is going to come in with a great front seven. Um, I, look, I mean, the offense struggles again. Then you know it, it could be another loss, unfortunately, against an inferior opponent. But Buffalo is a better team than New Orleans, and. Um, I don't feel good about this game. I just don't. But the only good thing about it is the Seahawks are at home. Uh, what I will say is I'm just going to go ahead and say the Seahawks win this game, but barely 17-14 on Monday night. I, I think that uh, we are going to annihilate Buffalo. I, I'm not worried about this game whatsoever. Um, I totally get what you're saying, Tim. 
Um, they've, uh, their, their strength is in their running game. And the fact is, is that that's our strength. We stop the run. And, uh, I think we're going to shut down LaShawn McCoy. I don't think he's going to have anywhere to run. Uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor is very one dimensional. He's a guy who's still trying to develop as a, as a, as a, as a running threat slash passer. And this whole bringing back Percy Harvin business for this game just is laughable. Um, I, yeah. I don't think they're going to have, I don't think they're going to have any chance. Uh, I think we're going to blow them out of the water. Uh, I think, I think you're going to see a little bit of more resurgence uh, in the offense, but that's the big question mark, you know? And, and I, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to see Thomas Rawls get back. I know, I know he's starting to run now, so, you know, don't expect him this week folks, but maybe in a week or two, uh, I'd love to see Thomas Rawls in this, in this, uh, in this run offense, especially with just how the, the front, the front seven or our front seven, our front five, our, our running game is really coming together. Luke Wilson's supposed to be back. Uh, I, I just want to see this team get in rhythm. That's, that's probably the most important thing for the offense. They just look out of rhythm constantly. They don't look like they know what they're doing. And uh, I'm not going to throw this on Bevel. I'm just, man, I, I just think that there's, there's the penalties and all that stuff just makes them a really, really, really tough team to watch. <laughs> but uh, there's still so much more talent than, than, than these guys. So I think they're going to take care of business against the Bills. I'm looking forward to it. It is my survivor pick for the week, and, uh, and that'll be that. Gotcha. Well, <clears throat> that sounds good. we got about 10 minutes left in the show. And uh, anything that kind of stirred your pot this week about let, let's talk. Did you watch the walking dead on on Sunday night? Oh, loved it. Uh, but I'll tell you right before we get to walking dead, can I say there is one thing that I, I wanted to talk about? Go ahead. Marshawn Lynch bobblehead of him driving the golf cart for Cal. Did you hear yeah. about this? Greatest thing. No, ever. I didn't hear that. Oh, okay. So Cal, for their game against the, the Huskies, um, they're giving out a bobblehead of Marshawn Lynch in his Cal uniform on, sitting on a golf cart. And it's the famous Marshawn Lynch on a golf cart thing where he drove it and they had it on film and he's just driving it around the field, just having a good time, like just driving everywhere. That is the bobblehead they're, they're, they're giving away at the game this week. I think it is the coolest thing. I know some people are saying it's like they're trying to give us a slap in the face, this and that. No, yeah, they are, but I could care less because I, w- I want one. I think it's the funniest, coolest thing ever, and kudos to the Cal Bears. Well, absolutely, kudos to the Cal Bears. Um, yeah, I would, you know, if I had the money, I'd drive down to California to, to pick one of those things up. Hell, yeah, that, that's awesome, dude, straight up. <clears throat> So it's hilarious. I think his helmet's on backwards. They have it with his helmet on backwards too. It's hilarious. What? No way. You got to check it out, dude. You got to check it out. I'm serious. Check it out. Marshawn Lynch bobblehead. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) I will do that. I will do that. Um, Real quick on the walking dead. It was a very, it was a, like a, light-hearted episode compared to what happened on the first episode of this uh, season. What, what are your thoughts on this this week's episode? Dude, long live the king. Long live King Ezekiel. Was that not yeah. just – what I loved about it was that it, it, it didn't allow – he did they didn't allow the episode to end without him basically showing his true colors and him being, like, just a really good dude. And – and and I had not I did not know anything about this. I have not read ahead. I have not read the comics. I've mentioned this before, but I've read all the books uh, up, up to the one that I'm currently going to be reading here shortly. But it's um, he's a an, the word on the street is King Ezekiel's a a really good guy, and he's really trying to do good by everything. But it, the whole shtick that he has is made up just to keep people like in a a positive uh, place. And, and I think he's an honorable person. He's a guy who's trying to do the right thing. And I love that he is doing that. And, and now with, um, uh, Oh God, my, help me out. Um, the, uh, Carol and why do I always forget his name? Morgan, 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 Morgan's kind of dealing with his own you know issues with trying to be, is he a guy that can accept killing? Right. And, and uh, he, he, you can see he's getting back to kind of being a normal person that there are situations that you're going to have to kill, especially in this environment, this world. And 
And I think Ezekiel is going to help him immensely overcoming that all the way. And I think you're going to see Morgan be a complete badass. And I love Morgan as a character. Absolutely love Morgan. Yeah, me too. And then, me too. And then Carol, who you got to love Carol too. Carol is awesome. So Carol and put on her little thing like the, you know, Oh, Oh, that's so sweet. You know, the whole thing in the beginning, she puts on her little, you know, mom next door. Uh, I'll, let me go bake you some cookies when all she's thinking about is give me a knife and get me out of here. I, I just, mm-hmm. it was, it was awesome. Great episode. I can't wait to learn more about these guys. And uh, you can tell they want, they want a little bit of Negan. They want some, they want to kick some butt. They want to go to war with these guys and it's, uh, it's festering. I can't, I can't wait to see this thing, how it plays out. Yeah, I know. I, I have a feeling that Ezekiel's group is going to, they're going after the saviors when it's all said and done. And do you get the feeling and last thing about this, and then we'll do final rounds. Do you get the feeling that Dwight's going to turn from the saviors? I really, I think I'm, he's going to I think he's actually going to, to turn. I think he got effed by Negan pretty bad. And there's just something that tells me that, that, that Dwight's going to turn here. I know that you haven't seen, what's going to happen in the comic books. But I mean, if it's indicative of what the comic books are about, Dwight does turn. And I just think that, you know, he's the type of character that would. So I don't know. We'll Wait, see. Are you it's talking, is Dwight, is Dwight that blonde, long haired blonde dude that has Daryl's crossbow? Isn't that Dwight? That's Dwight. Yeah. That's Dwight. Oh, so, okay. You'll so you're telling me that Dwight turns is what you're trying to tell me. Really? He does. turn. He, he turns against, I, I, I think he's going to turn against saviors. I think there's, a lot more to this whole story than we know. And Dwight is a jerk. I mean, he's, he's the reason why Glenn and, and Abraham are dead right now. So, but yeah. I mean, you have, you know, I mean, that's just, if you watch it, I mean, in the upcoming episodes, I I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I just, you'll be interested because I think this next episode, if you watch the previews, shows a lot of Dwight. And um, there's a scene where it looks like he's breaking Daryl out of prison. So, it's it's kind of interesting how he deals with Rick's group going forward, but we'll see. I think well here and again I don't know what happens here, but I, I looking at what I see is I see Daryl being a guy who wants to kill. I'm sorry, Dwight wants to kill Daryl badly because of the whole face being burned, and he just wants to kill him. He just wants and and so he might break Daryl out to purposely like to say he tried to break out and he was forced to kill him. I could see that. But uh, Daryl mm-hmm. obviously gets away because Daryl will take care of business. But man, seeing him come to our side, oh, I don't know, that'd be crazy. But I, I get what you're saying. I mean, stuff happens. Uh, I, I, it is Jeffrey Dean Morgan is doing such an amazing job as this character. I just, it, all of it's awesome to me. I just, I just, the acting, the storytelling, and the depth to everything, the the world, the character, everything. It's just freaking awesome. I, it, it is must see television, folks. It really is, and it's really getting better every year. Um, it's just it's it's that good. So, anyways, all right, final rants, and then I'm going to watch the end of the World Series game and uh, probably call it a night. But uh, so my final rant tonight is just basically, um, you know, dealing with stress in a way where I can actually <clears throat> handle things, and it's just me personally. I mean, since I've gotten sober, which is it's phenomenal, and I'm very happy I am looking through the world in different eyes right now. So it's just trying to kind of see things in a clear vision. And my rant is basically just make getting better every day. And I just thank you, Paul and all my friends who are just kind of sticking with me through this whole thing. So it's, it's uh, how I deal with stress and how I deal with things. And, but a clear sense of mind versus something where I don't, you know, it's interesting. So, um, you know, and I can talk a lot more, but uh, very grateful (laughs) And, uh, yeah, there you go, buddy. Kudos to you, man. Just, uh, absolute thumbs up, uh, coming from me and, uh, in La La Land here up here in Seattle. Uh, but, uh, the fact of the matter folks is that everyone has their own struggles. No one's, uh, <laughs> you know, how do you say safe from this? And, and the real, uh, the real, uh, you know, meal of a man and, and human is, is how you deal with that. And, and whether you, you know, you take the decision to come back and, 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 and go a, a different path, a, a path you chose, whatever that path may be, you know, uh, but, but like you mm-hmm. said, with a clear mind, and I think that's absolutely the right way and perspective to look at it. Um, I think, uh, I think what I'll leave everyone with tonight, and again, we got just all kinds of craziness going on in this world, but what I'll say is this, and I think this is important. When you go out and say, you know, and especially we, get, we see this all the time now, 
with with all the political talk. But you have both sides yelling at each other, telling them they're a bunch of idiots or this or that. Lots of name calling, right? Just name calling constantly. What I I I I I went to a school, college, for instance, that we, people diametrically and myself saw the world differently. But I never considered myself one that would attack someone personally. And so here's what I'm leaving you with. Regardless of how, what you think and believe in and so forth, oh, don't ever – well, how do I say this? Always ask yourself the question, what if you're wrong? And it's, it's a mantra I have chosen to live by because if you're wrong – and you're telling someone they're horrible, they're this or that, are you able to redeem yourself from that? How are you going to feel if, if that was, you, you know, if you, if you're doing that, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that you're not going to feel too good about how you treated someone if you were actually the one in the wrong. So mm-hmm. always ask yourself that question because at the end of the day, we're people, we're human beings and we're all in this together. So uh, that's what I'll leave it with tonight. And I guess we'll, we'll close up shop. So good night, Canada. Good night, Canada, and God bless. You guys have a good night. Take care. Ice. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.